Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Uh, Wayne Locke joins me here in the studio. And uh, we will not have Alex today. Alex is uh, um, not available for us today. Wayne, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Yeah, Alex is out playing hooky today. I think he needed a, <laughs> needed a week off, kind of recuperate. He just got back, of course, from California and that. So. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, well, that job he's got, it's a tough job. They work long days, and they work a lot of days in a row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was saying, I think it was like 12, 14 hours a day he's putting in over there, six days a week. That can really yeah. add up. Yeah, that, that gets to you. gets to you. So, Alex, yeah. he'll be back with us again next week. So, we're just going to chat about some, some stuff today. Sounds good to me. All right, just chat about some stuff. And, and of course, there's lots of stuff going on this time of the year. People are getting the food plots in, and, and we're doing a mention. Of course, uh, we had the folks from uh, uh, Eagle Seed with us a couple of weeks ago. Still time to get those food plots in, but you better be getting it done here in the next few days. I'm talking the next five or six days. Yeah, I was talking to Brad about that, and he says, you know, we got about another week. He says, depending upon the weather, you may even stretch it out to two weeks but it, you're obviously the amount of stuff you're getting uh, results in your plot are going to be greatly diminished the later you put it in. But sure. uh, listening to the weather report, uh, I'm not so sure putting it in right now is going to be a great idea either because you've got to have some rain. And there's no rain in the forecast for the next eight days. Uh, yeah, and really almost uh, 14 days. Uh, but, uh, Wayne, part of the issue has been with the food plotting is that uh, we had so much rain prior to this. You couldn't hardly get it in for the rain. Right. It's like one extreme to another. So it's just yeah. been, been a little bit nuts out there as far as the food plot guys are going. But, guys, you still got a little bit of time. And um, and then I get, you know, put it in now and then pray that we don't go the whole two weeks without any rain. Right. You will need some rain on those uh, all those plants. Speaking of which, uh, you do gardening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's your garden going? Oh, it's going great. Uh, wife just put in 250 cucumbers the other day. She got in wow. 75 more tomato plants. Uh, what so else are you going to, you're obviously, you're going to sell some produce. We're going to sell some, but we, canning is a lot of what we, she loves to can stuff. So we, um, we definitely enjoy the canning part of it. And then, uh, pickle cucumbers, she got a bunch of those in and, um, oh, squash, watermelon mm -hmm. and pumpkins. Oh, she wow. Got, she's doing three different kinds of pumpkins this year. It'll be first year doing that. Okay. All right, they're telling me we have a phone call. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, Redbone. Hey, Alex, what's going on? Hey, you were able to join us. Got you on the air. Yeah, well, we, we, we were just telling folks that you you were disposed and weren't going to be with us. But uh, here you are. So what's going on? Where are you anyway? Well, I slipped out. Oh. I don't tell nobody, but I slipped out away from my job. <laughs> well, you guys we, don't get me in trouble. No, no, we wouldn't so do that. Here I am, guys. All right, well, we, we, we told Pope... We told people that you were playing hooky, so uh, actually we were telling the truth because you're playing hooky from work. Right. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Wayne, Wayne would do that, and I know you would too, but uh, no, I'm down a wine on, I've been uh, on the road, I've got to deliver a rental truck back to West Plains Enterprise, and we had to go to Kansas this uh, Tuesday and Wednesday yeah. in Arkansas to pick up a rental truck, and here I am I'm back home, so... Well, I better call in. These guys may not know, but I'm going to go ahead and call in. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up this week, guys. 
Yeah, you know, and Alex, we were just talking about the fact that the people are going to be doing their their food plotting, uh, you know, right now. We're talking next next just four or five days. You better get it in, or you're going to be too late. Exactly. You know, with all this moisture in the ground, that's why you can plant a little later. But uh, everybody, again, I want to repeat it: if you're going to plant food plots, you need to get it done the next week or so. Yeah, at, at least the next week, and, if, and probably if you could get it done this weekend, it'd be even better. Uh, but uh, that's all about uh, the timing there. So, Alex, uh, we're just going to cover a, a variety of topics as we talk today. And uh, one of those is, you know, last week was the deadline for people to make comments about establishing a bear hunt in Missouri. And MDC released the report, and you're not going to believe this either because I found it hard to believe when I saw it. There were by far more people opposed to establishing a bear hunt in Missouri than were in favor of it. Wow, that is mind blowing. I wonder why they had so much negativity. Have you heard the comments? Why? Uh, yes. Uh, one of the comments why was because they had people from twenty-seven different states go on their website and make negative comments about bear hunting. Well. Why do we need to take other states' comments when it's our state? That's well, that's well, that's kind of that's kind of the the approach that I think Missouri Department of Conservation is taking. Uh, but it was open to anybody, so uh, you know they took those comments. But uh, the kind of the gist of what I got from the article I read was there is going to be a bear season anyway. And, and what I think people kind of feel like is there was an organized effort by some of the animal rights and the anti-hunting groups to go online and and try to prevent Missouri from establishing a bear hunt. Well, I think if they, th- they thought their voice was loud enough that Missouri would fold, um, you know, to uh, not allowing it and just and they would win. Um, I'm glad to see, though, that Missouri is uh, not listening to them and, and taking what is best for Missouri into account. I will agree with you, uh, Wayne. You know, there's groups out there that are against hunting, and that group is PETA, mm-hmm. one of the organizations. And all they do is they stand every day and they stay on social media and they watch events like this and studies and surveys, etc. And they solicit and they get involved and uh, they target. So that's that's probably what they've done. Yeah, and I agree with that. And and you know, but the one thing I think that uh, uh, there were some negatives from people that are in state as well. So and there are people that are opposed to a bear hunt for whatever reason, and. Uh, you know, thankfully, we have an organization that takes care of our, our stuff like that, Alex, that use a little bit of common sense. They listen to their people. They want the input. Uh, but at the end of the day, it looks like there will be a bear hunt in 2021 in Missouri. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Now, I do know some of the rules that I've heard. You, know, I've heard. Mm-hmm. you cannot hunt over bait or you cannot use hounds at this current time right. if the season is open in 2021. Yeah, and I, oh. it's going to be very similar to elk hunts, and there'll, there'll be only a, ni- a limited number of bears that can be harvested. Now, anybody can go bear hunt, but just like in Arkansas, you'll have to call every morning and see how many bears are still allowed to be killed. And once hmm. that number's gone, then the season will close. That's interesting. Yeah, well, you know, in Arkansas, you can hunt over bait. Yeah, bear. yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the guys I heard made a uh, give his opinion on this new uh, bear study, and uh, give his opinion. His opinion was, "Why don't you let them hunt over bait?" Right. This is his thought. 
Alan Morse, you know him, he's an outdoor writer, and he mm-hmm. says, if you're not letting people hunt over bait, they're liable to shoot sows, cubs, whatever. Mm, yep. So if you let them hunt over bait, they can set trail cameras on the bait, and they can monitor the boars from the sows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, and, and they'll and they'll get that all worked out. As as it, there's still a lot of time before they're going to have a bear hunt. All right, uh, we need to uh, take a break here. Uh, Alex Rutledge has joined us. I'm the Red Bull Mike Race. Wayne Locke is here. We're just going to talk stuff on the American Roots Outdoors Radio Show today. Stay with us. Hey everybody, this is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friend. We've got Alex on the phone. Wayne's in the studio. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace, and we've got a special guest joining us. Alex, you just kind of sprung a guest on us here today. Who have you got with you, Well, guys, if you love baseball, you know this name, and this guy is a true gentleman, and this guy absolutely is obsessed with hunting, and this guy has a beautiful family, and his heart's big as this world. And we have Ryan Klesko. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Where are you at today? I'm in uh, Macon, Georgia. I live on a farm down here in Macon, Georgia. Uh, been here for about probably the last 15, 20 years. I've uh, been in Georgia mostly, uh, basically between Georgia and Florida since, uh, since I got drafted when I was 18 years old. So I'm um, just down here living on the farm and enjoying the, the hunting and fishing life. Nice. Oh, yeah, you're obsessed with it. Uh, you know, our show, we do something pretty unique here. Ryan, a lot of people know who Ryan Cusco is. If you know baseball, you know Ryan Cusco. But what we want to do is kick the show off here. A lot of people does not know where you was born, where you went to school, if you went to college, and how you got your start in professional baseball. Let's start with that. Where was you born? So I was, I was born in uh, Orange County, California. Um, my dad worked in the oil fields. Uh, well, most of my family's from Oklahoma, but they, uh, you know, my grandma and, and all, all the, all the Okies from Kenoki, uh, <laughs> Arkansas, Oklahoma came, uh, moved to Bakersfield, California, where most people don't know is, 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 you know, uh, cotton was cotton, uh, almonds, grapes, potatoes, onions. Uh, just the just the agriculture area down there, uh, right down the street. Uh, Merle Haggard lived right down the street from my mom, huh. uh, but it's mostly um, you know crop fields and and oil uh, in that area, of Bakersfield, California. Um, so uh, kind of they called me the, the California redneck coming up through the minor leagues and the major leagues. I was, they're like, "You're from California. How'd you learn to hunt and fish?" Well, believe it or not, down there is a lot of good spots to hunt and fish. You just gotta you just gotta have the you gotta know the right areas, and there's a lot of it down there. So. In my opinion, there was a, a lot of places to hunt and fish, and not a lot of hunter, a lot of not a lot of people that, that like to hunt and fish. So it was, it was an oasis uh, for me uh, growing up. I quail hunted, um, I trout fished in the streams up in the mountains. I snow skied, I surfed growing up. So I had it all right, all within hour between an hour and two hours of my house growing up in uh, Orange County, California, which is not too far from LA. So uh, uh, pretty amazing. People can't believe it, but it uh, there's some really good. Uh, little spots uh, all through uh if you go north or southeast or west you, you know uh my wife killed her, her turkey uh her first turkey right in the mountains right outside of uh, san diego california on the indian reservation wow wow well you you know you're a huge outdoorsman again i've repeated that several times 
you got in the outdoors through your father, your grandfather, uh, uncle? Who, who, who is yes, it? my dad. My dad, you know, and, and my uncles and, and, and cousins and all that stuff. Yeah, my father, he, he was big into varmint hunting and, and, and bird and quail hunting, dove hunting, pheasant hunting, mostly bird hunting. Uh, did a lot of fishing. Uh, not a lot of big game in California. Uh, there is, but we just never really got to hunt it. They have black, a thing called a black-tailed deer, which I've got a place up in Northern California, which I still go up there once in a while and go hunting. You go black-tailed deer hunting, which is a smaller uh, species of the white-tailed deer, which is, you know, the bucks are only 100 pounds. Uh, uh, but mostly, you know, growing up was bird hunting and fishing for me uh, and, and barber hunting at night with my dad uh, when he when he got off work. That's wonderful, man. Let me ask you this. You, you got in hunting for your parents. Now, where did you go to high school, and where did you go to college if you attended college? Well, I went, uh, went to high school in uh, Westminster High School, um, and then I got drafted by the Braves when I was 17. I hadn't turned 18 yet in the draft. I had a full scholarship uh, signed with Arizona State University. Uh, and then just uh, started summer school classes there. And then you, after you get drafted, you have X amount of time to make a decision. So I made my decision to go pro. Uh, and then I was in the major leagues by the time I was 21 years old and then played in the major leagues for about 14 and a half years. Sounds like you made the right wow. decision. Yeah, you always can go back. You can always go back to school if you had to, you know. And, and, and the, Braves, the Atlanta Braves had paid for my scholarship. And they have, they have certain programs if you get drafted high enough to where if, if professional sports don't work out or professional baseball doesn't work out, that they, they have a, a, a system set up where they'll pay for your education after, after your career's over, So, um, which is really, really nice. It helped me make my decision um, and then uh, go from there. So, uh, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a cool run. Went to the World Series a few times. Um, got to play with a lot of Hall of Famers. Uh, coaching my son in baseball right now. We're on a, tra- we're on a travel ball league. Uh, he's 11 years old, and uh, so we actually got a tournament this weekend. So, just very blessed, and uh, still get out in the outdoors. Uh, my son, you know, he killed his first turkey this year. Killed his first deer when he was six. So, I'm um, just kind of, kind of passing it on, you know. And, and one of these days, I'll take my my grandkids. Right. That's awesome. It's all about your your roots, man, and uh, your beautiful wife. Let's talk about your beautiful wife. Where you met her, and uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, Kelly, my wife, Kelly's from uh, Georgia. Uh, she's from right in between. We live now here in Macon in Atlanta, at, uh, Eagles Landing area, which is about 45 minutes, uh, 30 to 45 minutes south of Atlanta. Uh, so she grew up uh, going to deer camp with her dad and, and uh, you know, shooting does and stuff. I think at her dad's club, she never she never got to shoot a buck because he was in their deer club. They were only allowed to want, have one buck per, uh, per member, so... She was always on doe patrol, so I, she killed her her first deer at my farm in Georgia when we were dating. So uh, I never had to teach her how to shoot. She's she's always been my little redneck my little redneck wife. So she likes to fish and hunt. And she likes to you know we had a hunting we had a, a couple of hunting shows. We had uh, we had campfire stories and hardcore hunting TV, which uh, uh, aired on uh, different things like Outdoor Channel and, and uh, Pursuit Channel. Uh, we did it for several years, and when my son was born. Uh, and got old enough to start playing baseball, we kind of we kind of quit that, and, and now now it's all I'm doing is coaching my uh, my son's team for about three to five days a week. Beautiful, beautiful. Let me ask you this, and I'm j- kind of jumping ahead here. Do you do public appearances, speaking at schools, colleges, churches, etc.? Can people book you now to make appearances? Uh, are you are you available? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a bunch of stuff. I, I, I've done stuff at colleges, several colleges. Um, I've done stuff for hospitals and charity stuff for the Atlanta Braves. I still do some some um, fill-in work for Fox Sports, uh, uh, for the Atlanta Braves and Fox Sports for some some commentary stuff for uh, pre and post game for Fox. I'm kind of the fill-in guy because I live one hour and a half away from the stadium. And yeah, I've, I've, I've done all kinds of stuff. I do I do hitting camps. Um, I've done I've done a bunch of stuff over since since I've retired. It's just it's really cool to be able to give back and and do some things like that. And uh, yeah, I stay pretty busy, um, and, and which is a blessing, you know, to be able to to, to go off of that. So uh, you know, and then and then I try to get out there. Now it's now about you know taking my uh, my stepdaughters. They both they both hunted with me, and and now we've now I've got grandkids that I've got one is she's three and and uh, a granddaughter or a grandson that's one. And then, so both my daughters have, have, have uh, got to be able to take them in the outdoors, and then actually their husbands have both uh, uh, kept his first buck with me. Uh, one of one of my uh, one of my son-in-law. So that that's been fun. So my, my, now it's more about them than it is me. Now that especially that that I've uh, hunted, you know, I've I've been you know fortunate enough to better go out there and and uh, and you know when they have the TV show and, and and take a lot of nice animals. So now I'm kind of pass it on and just enjoying taking them. Wow, that's fantastic. Folks, we're talking with Ryan Klesko here on the American Roots Outdoors Radio Show. We need to go to a break. Ryan, can you stay with us for some more? Yes, sir. I might, I might get a call in uh, here in a little bit, but but, uh, but I can, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how much time I've got. Okay. I'll probably get another five or ten minutes. Okay, that sounds good. All right, folks, Ryan Klesko will be back with more with uh, Alex Rutledge and the American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and outdoors with Alex Rutgers and friends. Up a big old hill Year after year Got my hunting gear Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is here. And our guest is Ryan Klesko, former member of the Atlanta Braves back in the heyday of the Braves. And, of course, the San Diego Padres uh, late in his career. Uh, Ryan, uh, we got the chance to uh, get together down in Birmingham, Alabama at the World Deer Classic several years ago. And you were telling us at dinner that night that your first hunting vehicle was a Volkswagen. Now, for folks who remember seeing Ryan Klesko on TV playing for the Atlanta Braves, he's a pretty big guy. But you drove a Volkswagen when you were a kid. Just talk, talk a little bit about driving a Volkswagen to go deer hunt. Well, you know, first of all, you go, you got to, you got to go with whatever runs before, right? So my, it was my first vehicle. It was a Volkswagen Beetle, which was like 500 bucks, you know, and, and you know, I had to work, uh, I worked on my little league coach had a roofing company. So I worked in the summer to uh, make enough money, uh, to get my first truck, my first car. Um, but yeah, I quail hunted. I didn't really do any big game hunting back then, but I quail hunted. It's funny because I would get off, like, right off, there was some really good hunting right off the freeway, off me, like, going towards San Diego, like that big stretch yeah. between uh, Orange County. And, and so I would actually pull pull my old clunker Volkswagen uh, off to the side of the road and put a sign like I was broke down, or I'd grab my shotgun, I'd run through underneath <laughs> the And I'd go quail hunting all day. You know, I'd go quail hunting, go pick me up as many birds as I could, and then, and then I'd wait, and I'd sneak back out to my car with my cubs and my birds and, Jump back in my Volkswagen, take my little sign that says I was broke down, not off the sign, and get out of there. You know. 
Redneck. California Redneck, absolutely. Yeah, my dad had a 1973 Volkswagen Bug, and I remember that as a kid, how small that was. I'm just trying to still picture you getting in and out of that. Oh my God! It's know, like it's a. Crazy. It had to be I mean, like a clown car. Family, we, we used to throw the whole family in that thing. I mean, you talk about five people, right. the whole family in a Volkswagen Beetle, and drive to Bakersfield up the Grapevine, the hill. And I remember my dad. My my dad would like he would start acting up. He'd get that. And the best way to work on a Volkswagen Beetle is you take a hammer, you go back, and you start beating on the engine. Yeah. It just go, it usually goes right back into where you needed to go. <laughs> All right, now, I've got to ask you one more thing, too. You, you mentioned Merle Haggard lived right down the road. Of course, Merle wrote a lot of music about the Bakersfield area, and, of course, he had that Bakersfield sound. And uh, I always get back to an old song he he did called uh, I'm Never Fishing Lake Shasta Again. Uh, did you ever fish in Lake Shasta? No, I haven't, uh, but I heard about it. I haven't I haven't fished here before. I fished on the Kern River, which a lot of, actually, a lot of people oh, sure, yeah. the River, because a, a lot of undercurrent. With smallmouth bass fishing up there, and, and my grandma still lives in Bakersfield. I have my and my uncle's there. My grandma's 103, actually. She's still alive. Oh, uh, oh bless her. She, uh, she flicked almonds in the almond factory because it's one of the world's largest uh, almond producers in, in California. So she worked in the almond fla- factory flipping almonds on the, on just assembly line until she was like almost 80. No wow. kidding. Wow. Yeah, it's a hardworking woman. I mean, she mowed the church, the church, uh, the church's grass and, until she was almost in her nineties with a with a mower with extension cord, you know, electric mowers. I mean, this, yeah. chick, this lady, this lady was tough. A lot, lot of strong women in my family. You know, my, my my dad taught me about hunting, but my mom taught me about baseball. I had two older sisters uh, that played uh, really good. They're really good softball players enough to get a college scholarship. One of them, and my mom worked two jobs to put us uh, and get hitting and pitching lessons, and she would throw the catcher's gear on. Uh, she would, she built my own pitching mound. My dad would just remember, you know, roughneck in the oil fields in California. He was working, you know, Long Beach, California. He was working six, seven days a week a lot of times. And when he did have a break, he would take off and go varmint hunting or, or something for a day, whatever. But he rarely was at the baseball fields, but it was all my mom. It was all my mom that taught us about baseball and softball and about sports and, and worked those jobs to, uh, to, uh, enough to pay off to be able to us to go to pitching lessons once a week. Hmm. Wow. wow. I do want to ask one. Yeah, before we get out of this segment, Alex, I do want to ask one baseball-related question, if that's all right. Best teammate, no you ever, yeah, best teammate you ever had, Ryan. Oh man, it was a lot of good ones. You know, I played with Trevor Hoffman, Barry Bonds, Tony Gwynn, Greg Maddox, uh, Tom Glavin, uh, John Smoltz. I mean, Ricky Henderson. I mean, it's hard to hard to choose just one. I mean, me and Matt Maddox, which is in my opinion, best pitcher that ever pitched in the game, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa. And, and since I've been born, uh, was, was him and I were we played poker together and and a little bit of golf together and uh, you know, but it's hard to say with all those guys. But you know, um, my hunting and fishing buddies were we had a, we had a thing called Redneck Row in San Diego, and uh, and we all had mounts and, and and fishing mounts and deer mounts in our locker, and it was crazy because <laughs> you know they don't really hunt. A lot of people kind of just, you know, don't really like hunting and fishing. I mean, especially the PETA people in San Diego, in California. But mm-hmm. we had all these mounts and stuff. We call it Redneck Row. But whenever we had a chance, we always hunt and fished on off days. Or even we even hunted actually sometimes after games. I remember going elk hunting with uh, Jake Peavy and David Wells uh, right after a day game. Uh, we drew a tag and we went elk hunting, muzzleloader hunting in September. We used to go dove hunting. We used to go dove hunting in September. We used to turkey hunt. Uh, during the season, I would I would literally travel with my guns and wow. my bows uh, 
and actually would go, uh, I would hunt uh, several times. I remember Chipper, Chipper, myself, and, and Charlie O'Brien went elk hunting in Colorado while playing, with, uh, while playing against the Colorado Rockies. So it a ton wow. of great experience during the season. Uh, and several times, Marquise, Chris, and I would go crappie fishing. You say crappie, I say crappie, whatever. Yeah, but, oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, several times I would bring in uh, wild game, turkey, crappie, uh, and cook them for the guys uh, before the game. So I, I, yeah, That's really people cool. thought it was crazy. That's really cool. And you, you did get a chance to play with Tony Gwynn, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Is, is he as good a guy as, as everybody seems to think that he was? Oh, yeah. Tony would, Tony just, he would lead by example. He'd just go in there and work, you know. And when I got there, he was already having knee problems and stuff. He was still a great hitter, you know, didn't move around right. real good. was a little bit overweight. But at the time, his knees were bothering him. He couldn't, couldn't do what he wanted to do to keep some of the weight off. But he was a little bit heavy, but he could still hit. Still a great guy. Um, I mean, just to see him get his knee drained, his knees, uh, a needle going in his knees and draining all that fluid off his knees just for him to play a game was just unreal. I remember uh, I had a friend of mine who was not in good health, and he said, you know, before I die, or before I can't do where I can't go, I'd love to go see Tony Gwynn play just one time. And the Padres came to, to St. Louis, and we went to see Tony Gwynn hit in a doubleheader, and he went eight for nine in the doubleheader with three triple or three doubles and a triple in the game. Wow. And it was late in his career, and of course it was Big Bush Stadium, uh, the old Bush Stadium, and uh, he got one down in the corner and it rumbled around down there. And I don't remember who was playing right field for the Cardinals, but they had a trouble fielding it. But yeah, it was it was most amazing day. My buddy says this is the greatest thing ever. You see Tony Gwynn, you know, get eight base hits in a doubleheader. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's a great, great hitter. He helped me a lot in my career for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, and you were and you were a great hitter as well. Break. I got a quick question before you go to break. Did you have anything to do with helping get Odie Birdsong drafted for the Braves? No, no. It's from our area. Do you know that? No, I didn't know. Uh, uh-uh. I know. Yeah, uh-uh. I didn't. Yeah, he's from Papa Bluff, Donovan, Missouri, and his brother uh, is. Uh, but uh, he does some stuff in the outdoor industry. So, oh. yeah, he's a powerhouse hitter, and they signed him. How old was he, Redbone? Uh, well, I think right out of high school. I think the, he got he got drafted right out of high school. Anyway, Alex, we do need to go to a break here. Uh, so, folks, stick around more with uh, American Roots Outdoors Radio right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors. And good roots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. I'm Red Bull Mike Crace. Wayne Locke is here. And we have Ryan Klesko stayed with us for another segment here as uh, we're talking outdoors with the former Atlanta Brave and San Diego Padre. And, uh, Ryan, you led the league in hitting one year, didn't you? Uh, I don't know about hitting, but I, I had some home runs in the World Series. Oh, that's right, that's right. Top and, but, uh, but yeah, I was I, I was up there in the top, but I don't know about leading the league. But I had okay. a couple good years where I hit over 300. But uh, it was just a real fun, blessed career to be able to play. I sat back and looked, looked how, they, how many you know guys I got to play with that made the Hall of Fame. And Barry Bonds, when he when he broke the all-time home runs record, he went, to, and they went in the dugout and picked me up. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Barry was in a little bit of a slump. He never he's never been in the outdoors and hunted or fished before. And we were teammates my last year in San Francisco. And I got him into it. He was he was stressed out. He wasn't talking to reporters. He was chasing Hank Aaron's record. And mm-hmm. 
I took him out to my farm here in Georgia and uh, taught him how to shoot skeet, and he absolutely loved it. He hit the first the first four or five that came out of the skeet machine. I taught him how to shoot it. And next thing you know, I turned Barry Bonds into a you know another California redneck. He, he, was, <laughs> he went to Colorado. He went to Colorado with me and killed a 180 inch mule deer. Went elk hunting with me and been on several deer trips with me. And uh, he just got him to, to you know a little uh, got him to relax a little bit. And he went on to break the all time home runs record and. And uh, now he's got bows and guns all in his uh, in his closet, and he shoots and and uh, and and he just he just loves it, you know. So I just actually saw him a couple months ago when Bochy retired, but uh, I uh, I turned him into a little bit of an outdoor guy. And he actually, you know, actually he, he really enjoyed it. Now, Alex, yeah, you, and Ryan, and you and Ryan, you and Ryan have hunted together, haven't you? Tell us about you guys hunting together. But, you know, I got to meet Barry with you at one of the shows. You brought him into the shows, and I got to meet him that time. I was at a shot show. That's right. Was. But anyway, uh, you know, I had the opportunity. Ryan was uh, a true gentleman, as he always is, and big hearted. He invited Craig Morgan and I to come out and turkey out with him one time in Northern California. And I must say, a beautiful place that you have there. And with my memories, I, I, I shot one with a bow, and and I was trying to shoot it in the wing, and I hit it in the head, and I brought it back. You missed that. And I told you, I told you that I was going to kill one. I was going to shoot him in the head. And the, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's been great. Yeah. That actually was a really good place, really good turkey on up at my ranch in Northern yeah, California. You know, we lost about half of it to a fire. Remember those you know, California wildfires? It, we yeah. lost yeah. half the ranch to a fire, but it's. You know, it, it you know, a burn. It's helped it obviously, but it you know, it burned part of it there for a while, and we lost some of the game and stuff. But they're they're starting to come back, wild quail and hogs and black-tailed deer and turkey. But yeah, that was that was a fun hunt. I think I think uh, both you guys end up. Uh, I'm not sure if Craig got one or not, but I, uh, I know that we went in there a little bit later season. But a lot of uh, I think uh, one of the former president or CEOs of uh, National Turkey Federation has been up there. Craig's been up there. Yep, uh, Governor. Uh, Former Governor Sonny Purdue's been up there hunting. Uh, Eddie Salter, uh, he, he's been up there hunting before. So we've had some really good, some really good turkey hunts up there. Yeah, I want to share something with our listeners, especially in the the Shannon County area. Y'all did not know this, uh, but Ryan rented a helicopter and flew over the Pigman Ranch to look at buying it at one time, didn't you? Yeah. He was wow. going to buy the whole ranch. Did you know that Red Bone and Wayne? I did not. I did not know that. I did not know that. He, he was actually playing a game at St. Louis. And I believe, didn't you, between the game, you went and rented the helicopter and flew down there and flew over it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost bought it. So you, we, we would have been your neighbor. I think I got outbid, though. I think somebody else outbid me. So yeah. They did. And, I'd know, be in there in the office with you guys right now if I did, probably. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you'd been right with us. You'd, yeah. You'd have been yeah I'd, probably, I'd probably be married to some Missouri girl instead of some redneck Georgia girl. So probably, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you here. I know that, man. I'm a big fan of yours, and I just I love you like a brother, man, because your heart is so big. And I want to talk about this, guys, to the listeners. Brian Cresco has got... A huge, huge heart, and he has a very big heart for unfortunate kids. And you'll see him at this big sports show and stuff, and he has these special kids with him. Tell us what you do for kids like that, Ryan. Well, now, you know, I did have a, a charity uh, for years and years called the Blue Rhino Foundation. Raised a lot of money and, and for emergency-type situations for people that, that just needed either their bills paid or 
or yeah. you know maybe maybe they you know just just stuff that sometimes in, in the red tape in some of these bigger organizations these charity organizations it takes a while to to get stuff done you have to go through the right channels and you may not see the money for weeks but we were kind of more of a, a quick emergency day type situation where for instance one one um one girl wasn't going to make it past a week and her sister lived in another state and we were and, and she just needed to get an airline ticket right so we they call and we just ship her the money for or buy her ticket so she'd go see her her sister before she passes just uh, you know or somebody that, that doesn't have enough money to pay their house payment and we and, and, and it's red tape and they can't have the money so we try to and we send them some money to maybe help help them make a house payment so they can get kicked out of their house why the well the parents you know I think eighty percent of the uh, the parents uh, that get a child dies, diagnosed with some type of um, uh, possibly fatal illness end up not working, right, because they're, they're spending their time with their child and they lose their job and they lose their house. So we, we were addressing those type of problems for a long time. And, and when I retired and, and um, I just didn't uh, didn't have the, you know, I wasn't as much of a celebrity anymore and didn't, didn't have and got the grandkids and the kids. So, we, so nowadays um, we don't have the Blue Rhino Foundation anymore, but nowadays whenever I just work with charities, that are active, so whenever they need me, uh, I still do several several charities there, uh, every year. Whenever someone calls me, if I've got time, I'll do it. So I work with several different organizations now um, through the pipeline of um, you know different different organizations that uh, that help raise money uh, for you know for for kids and stuff like that. So that's something I you know the way I was raised. You know, you give back and and you help the people that are less fortunate. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, and uh, you know people. Uh, and, and we've just got a couple of minutes left, and I know uh, Wayne wants to get to our, our question, our listener question for today. But uh, I'd just like to say this, uh, and not on behalf of Ryan Klesko, because he speaks for himself, but I think he will back this up. That we always hear the negative stuff about athletes and professional athletes and and even even movie stars and things like that. But there are so many, so many more that are doing things behind the scenes like Ryan Klesko was just talking about than there are the ones that are getting in trouble. And... Uh, uh, you know, Ryan, hats off to you for doing that and, and doing it without a whole lot of fanfare. And I guess that's what I'm saying is, is a lot of players do it and they do it privately and we don't ever hear about it. Therefore, we think that all the professional athletes are bad guys, like the ones that we hear about. So uh, thank you for what you do. Well, I appreciate it. Now, I mean, you know, whenever, anytime, really a lot of times you're not, you're not going to hear about stuff like that. And, and we really mm-hmm. don't care to, it's just other than just doing it back and, but you know, I tell you what, though, something happens. Not, not, a, not all of us are perfect, and everybody makes mistakes, and that's what the media a lot of times is. A lot of times the media will highlight is, you know, I, I promise you if I get pulled over with, by a DUI tonight, it'll be on the ESPN sports ticker, <laughs> uh, yeah. which I won't because, you know, I'm not going to go out and drink and drive, but I'm just saying, you know, a lot of that stuff, it's only news if it's something bad for an athlete. So mm-hmm. you're right. A lot, of that, a lot of the stuff that the athletes do, um, you know, whether given part of their salary to make the Wish Foundation, a lot of that stuff, and we don't want to be notarized for that. We just do it because we can, and it helps. I think. So you know, a lot of the, a lot of media uh, focused stuff is not going. They're, they're not they're, being a nice guy is not going to sell papers and media. A lot of times, you know, you know what I'm saying. So we don't expect that. So um, you know, I was raised to build. You know, I, 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 a man. If it wasn't for my mom and my grandma, I wouldn't be in the situation I am now. So I just try to try to see that they help our family out, you know, when, uh, when we were in need. And, and that's what I'm, all I'm trying to do now is, is to give back. And I think that most of your athletes, I mean, I would say most all my teammates are just good people in general. You know, I'm not saying all of them are, but there's just a handful out of all the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of guys or by possibly my career, thousands of guys I've played with it. 
that uh, that are not just not good people. Most of them are got good hearts, but of course we're all going to make mistakes here and there. So, uh, sure, right. but you know, for the most part, uh, most of the athletes you run into, you look at, uh, they always want to give back and and stuff like that. But a lot of times you're just going to every once in a while see the negative stuff. So, but you know, everybody, we're human. We're all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Hi, Wayne. I think we're ready for Hi. your question. Yeah, I got a uh, question from Mark Trent Jr. from Ohio, and his question was, who is the first person that you ever hunted or shot with that would be a name-recognized person? Like the first famous person you ever shot with or hunted with uh, that people would recognize. And to hear these answers, you're going to have to join us on the podcast segment, uh, which is going to be the bonus segment coming up here. And I want to thank everybody for listening to today's show. Uh, thank you, uh, Alex, for joining us. That was a bit of a surprise. And, of course, our Ryan, thank you very much for joining us. That was even a bigger surprise. Yes, it was. I want to say this before we wrap it up. Uh, again, folks, if you've never met Ryan Clefton, you've watched him play baseball, if you ever get the chance to meet him at, at an event, go up to him. I promise you he'll make time to shake your hand. He's a common guy that raised dirt poor, just like a lot of us. And God has truly blessed him and his family with the talent and the ability to reach people and uh, bless people. And, uh, again, Ryan, thank you for being such a true legend and a great man of God. I yes, sir. You too. Yes, sir. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the American Roots Outdoors Radio. And as Wayne said, make sure you go and uh, – uh, get on the uh, podcast and uh, hear the bonus segment and the answer to today's question. Uh, for Alex Rutledge, Ryan Klesko, Wayne Locke, I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace. As we always say, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. This is the bonus segment for the podcast. If you're listening to this segment, that means you are listening to our podcast. We greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to leave us a review. Reviews greatly help us in our rankings. When we left the radio segment, uh, we had a question from a viewer, and that was uh, Mark Trent Jr. from Ohio asked, who was the first person that you ever hunted or shot with that everybody would recognize their name? Uh, Ryan? I'll let you go first on this. Oh, man, that's a good one. I was trying to th- starting to think back, you know, of all the people that hunted with. And early on, we did a charity event, uh, a charity event with uh, Jackie Bushman. You know, I was back oh. then, back when you were hunting, I did. Jackie Bushman had us in a charity event down there. And, I mean, there was tons of celebrities out there. So, it was, you know, so it was, it was all, it was Jackie Bushman and all his friends from the guys from Mossy Oak and, and the guys from, uh, Real and all those guys were there and they had some professional wrestlers and all that stuff and uh, country music singers. But, uh, you know, back in the day, man, whatever Jackie Bushman said and everybody, you know, did. And so that was, that was pretty cool. You know, was the old buck, the buck masters is still going strong. And, and uh, so that, yeah, I think it was, it was really Jackie Bushman when I first started playing with the Braves and, and, uh, you know, I did get to hunt with a uh, crazy thing. Um, later on in my career, I was at a, a Quell Forever. A Quell, it was used to be uh, Quell Unlimited, but it's Quell Forever. Uh, they moved, I think they changed the name, but I got to hunt with, um, I wish I got Kevin Costner. I got to Quell hunt with him. Wow. wow. That's cool. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's really I got cool. to hunt with him and actually talk about a, one of the one of his new his last baseball movies he, he wants to do. So uh, I was like, man, just let me star. Come on, let me be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Alex, what about you? Uh, I guess the first well-known professional hunter I probably ever hunted with or anything, and I still own uh, I say I owe him. I look up to him as a mentor, and he's a true legend. Is Mr. Ray I. Ray I. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What about you, uh, Redbone? Well, you know, mine, and, and I know they said uh, shooting, and, and I don't know that I've ever actually hunted with anybody, other than because I usually hunt by myself and my kids. But uh, Alex, first shooting experience I had with somebody famous was with you. And it was shooting, ah. it was shooting bows at Hirsch Feed and Farm Supply in West Plains about, I don't know, probably 12 years ago. You were doing a bow shooting demonstration. And uh, I was doing a radio remote for the radio station, and we got there, and we did some shooting while I was live on the air. Nice. Yeah, I remember that. You you, you hit the wall. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer, there's the answer. He actually can hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, yeah. No, we, we, we had a good time doing that. So, But, uh, Wayne, what about you? Uh, mine's pretty easy. I was uh, When I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, I had an opportunity to be on the archery league with Jim Tomey. So that oh, was cool. uh, that was an experience. I mean, he just down to earth. I mean, you never, if you didn't know him from baseball or going to the games or watching him on TV, just another guy, just regular guy, just loved shooting the breeze, talking about hunting, fishing, you name it. But uh, yeah, I was on the archery league with him. That was cool. Probably one of the most feared, underrated hitters in the history of the game. Oh yeah, wow. <laughs> we Tommy. loved him in Cleveland. We hated him in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> And we beat him in the World Series in 95. See, I knew you were going to bring that up. (laughs) I knew you were going to bring that up. Oh, man. I got to go in the other room and cry for a minute. Hold on. Yeah, here's the tissue, Wayne. (laughs) Man, we've had a wonderful show. And again, man, just what a great person Ryan Klesko is and his beautiful wife, Kelly. And uh, Ryan, again, I want to invite you to come to Missouri. I, I know we've done it off the air, but. Please come up and spend some time with us. I promise you, I'll treat you like family, and and uh, you will, you will love it up here. And the people will keep it low key. People won't hound you or nothing. But well, I might because I live right across the street from Alex. The road, oh, the road, it's a road. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good to me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, he says street. He says street all the time, and we got county roads. It's not a street. Tell him, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a city boy. I've been displaced here in the, in the Ozarks. I'm learning the new linguo. <laughs> linguo. <laughs> <laughs> the linguo. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening to American Roots. What a great guest. What a great show. And, uh, you know, remember, it's all about our family, our faith, friends in the outdoors, and uh, share the outdoors with a child. You know, steer your neighbor's kid. Steer your niece, your nephew. Get them in the outdoors and let them experience what you've experienced. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast, and we appreciate you uh, uh, tuning into the podcast. And don't forget to uh, leave a comment and uh, subscribe to our podcast, so uh, we need those numbers. Yes, and uh, if you have a question, please email your question to wayne at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com and uh, get your question uh, mentioned on the radio. You'll be entered in a year-end grand prize, and you're going to love it. People want to book you. Ryan, if people want to book you, what do they need to contact? 
Uh, I just sent it to one of you guys at your emails, and then and then Alex uh, Alex has got my information. You can send any requests in to me, and then just go through Alex. All right, very good. Okay, buddy. Love you, Ryan. Tell Kelly right, I Hey, buddy. Thank you. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast. Remember, when the uh, when the, your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>